Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome and good evening to and uh, welcome right to another Wednesday Night Wars podcast right here on Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, YouTube.com slash Fightful. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes. We're going to be talking about NXT and AEW Dynamite tonight because those two shows just finished. Two big shows or two go-home shows leading into two Big shows next week. We're going to get into that as we go along, slowly but surely. But uh, I want to thank everyone already straight off the bat for being here, watching us live here, uh, and, uh, and, and and just showing the support. Just being here. It's always amazing. We always do appreciate it, just like I appreciate having Alex Pulowski with us every week who hangs out mostly on Fightful Select, which is a really great way to show support for Fightful in general. You go over to FightfulSelect.com. And you subscribe and you get a bunch of extra content. You get Sean Ross Sapp doing Q&A, uh, Q&A sessions that last 16 hours apiece. Uh, I might be sli- slightly exaggerating. You get Steven Jensen who covers all non-WWE programming. You get uh, extra content from the Weekly Listen Your Boy podcast. Plus Alex who does his weekly, bi-weekly, Sour Graps recaps of Raw and SmackDown admittedly negative recaps, but that's what we love about them, Alex. I mean, if they were positive, it'd be off-brand for you, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, listen, we discussed this off-air, but I I want everything to be great. Like, I really, really want it to be great, and then when it's not, when it's inevitably the opposite of great, I get salty. So I'm not a pessimist. I'm a disappointed optimist. And you can catch me being (laughs) disappointingly optimistic Twice every week on Fightful Select. And another guy who doesn't have the room yet to be uh, overtly negative or or ha- or having the opportunity to show any kind of personality because we're still breaking him as it stands is Louis Dangor, who's hanging out with us uh, on Wednesday nights. Now, Louis, how are you doing tonight, sir? You were, uh, uh, full disclosure, you're a little sick, but it's not the thing that cannot be named, right? I'm hoping not. I'm hoping not. I, I, so I get sort of 
uh, hay fever or what you guys call allergies around this time. So I get a bit of mine is sort of all throat related. So I get a bit of a cough, a bit of a sore throat. So I'm sort of hoping that it's not the thing we all hope it isn't and it's just hay fever. But no, I'm doing all right. Tonight's show cheered me up, especially the main event I enjoyed. So we'll get into that later. We shall. We shall. But thank you for being here and pushing through it. Uh, we really do appreciate it. We really do. Uh, we also appreciate you giving us a, a thumbs up or tossing the link out there into uh, onto your social media or wherever to get more people watching. We really do appreciate that. Plus, if you do feel like it, you can also leave a super chat, and I will read your question or comment live here on the air, such as pass it t pass it to DJ. It's harder to say than it looks. Left us a super chat saying, Fiance wanted to watch a rom com, so I haven't seen AEW or NXT yet. Hope everyone has a great night, and I wish Alex would DJ my wedding. Sour Graps rules. Alex, what kind of playlist would you have for our boy? Pass it to DJ. Literally passing it to you, then, in this context. I mean, that's the thing. I I, I worked for a, for a company that was like get to pick out everything so i was like oh great so a lot of like is this usually a lot of basic white girls who are getting married at the weddings i was djing so it was a lot of like mid 2000s poppy stuff and stuff that i don't like to remember now (laughs) (laughs) well well, there you go so i mean so pass it there you go that's what that's what you'd get you know um i mean i'll i'll do whatever they want at that wedding but that's just what I normally did. It wasn't my choice. There would have been a lot of better stuff if it was my choice. <laughs> um, we also have Anakin, uh, who left us a super chat. Thank you. Says, hashtag justice for DGMC. Hashtag Warren is the alpha five of Fightful. Thank you very much for those super chats. Thank you very much, Anakin. Evan Wright left us a super chat as well. Says, loved sour grabs this week. Must listen content. Also tune in to the Mr. Warren Hayes show. AW ruled so hard tonight and hyped for Fighter Fest. Well, guys, let's go for it this week. In one word, Alex Pulowski, who won tonight? NXT or AEW? I mean, I watched NXT, so I'm going to say NXT. <laughs> uh, Louis, one word. Who's the winner tonight? I mean, I watched AEW, so I'll have to say AEW. You've got to support my team. My God, my God. So I guess I am going to, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go down the line here. And pretty even shows, if you ask me, but I, we're going to edge out with AEW a bit here. We're going to edge out with AEW because, well, I thought there were a couple of better matches overall, even though, you know, some weeks it is hard to pick. This is one of them this week. So we're going to start with AEW on the um, on the program tonight. The the proceedings opened up with Wardlow versus Luchasaurus in a lumberjack match. Now, full disclosure, I highly dislike lumberjack matches. I really don't like them. They always seem to end up uh, in the same type of situation. So I was sort of crossing my fingers, hoping that AEW would do something different. I mean, you know, they want to change the world. They want to do things differently. Well. It felt like every other lumber lumberjack match I've ever seen. Of course, the heels go after Luchasaurus when he gets tossed to the outside, and Lucha Luchasaurus fights them off, which is great. Um, uh, War, uh, but uh, Wardlow, man, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about Wardlow right now, Louis. 
he gets in, in control of Luchasaurus and he starts tossing him around with some suplexes. My God, uh, we haven't seen much of Wardlow wrestle in AEW, but every time he does, it, it feels special. And man, that boy is strong stuff, isn't he? Star. He's going to be a star one day. Um, I mean, if having him... Was it his first match with... His, first, his steel cage with Cody? Was that his first match? Uh, it was his first match. I mean, if you put someone in with Cody as their first AW match, it shows that, obviously, higher-ups have high hopes for him. And you can see why. He's, he's, a, he's really, really good. He's great in the ring. His presence, he just looks fantastic his pairing with mjf works mm-hmm. i hope they keep it going for a while um i hope it's not a sort of let's rush this uh, and get it done but no i'm 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 a massive wardler fan and I, I actually enjoyed this match more than your standard lumberjack match uh, to be honest with you i thought it was quite fun it was chaotic i mean they had the when uh, luchasaurus did the sort of shooting star press off off the off the stage it was a bit of everyone just sort of standing there for about a minute going, uh, okay, come on and go. So that, that, that was a bit annoying. But other than that, no, I enjoyed, I enjoyed this match actually more than your standard Lumberjack match, which also, like you, I'm not a huge fan of. I really don't like them because uh, the, uh, it's all the usual spots. You're supposed to keep people back in the ring and it's just always the heels beating up on the baby faces and the baby faces beating up on the heels. <laughs> Uh, at some point, the heel. We go back to the floor, and the heels beat up some more on Luchasaurus. Jurassic Express get involved this time. I really like the Marco stunt, like being super protective of of Luchasaurus throughout all of this. He was like he was like the little Chihuahua who thinks he's a uh, who thinks he's a mastiff. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Brent, Brandon Cutler gets thrown uh, off uh, the stage onto the crew below by Wardlow, but then Wardlow does that. He throws. Marco stunt off the off the stage, just like and and Marco. I thought he'd never come back down. I just thought he was going to stay head into orbit. That was frightening. Wardlow gets launched off, off the stage, and Luchasaurus does a, a shooting star press. MJF distracts the re- the referee once they're back in the ring to uh, to allow Wardlow to get the pin. Um, through a low blow and an F10. And after the match, everybody brawls, but we're leading into MJF and Wardlow versus Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus at Fighter Fest. And Evan Wright says, left a super chat. Thank you, Evan, saying MJF Wardlow versus Jurassic Express is going to rule. And you know what, Louie? I think it will. What do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I mentioned last week when MJF faced uh, Billy uh, Gunn that I was very happy with how they kept the plate spinning with MJF and his feud with uh, Jungle Boy. And they've done it again here with sort of the, the eternal feud. And I'd be happy to see them have a match in some variety at every sort of pay-per-view, maybe, or not every pay-per-view, but every two or three, maybe at next double or nothing. They're both part of the casino uh, ladder match. They're always, it seems like they're all, their paths always cross mm-hmm. which i think works well and it makes AEW feel more like a sort of a reality based world as opposed to something uh more scripted so I, I i quite enjoyed this and i think the match will rule um i hope we don't see sort of mjf and 
Wardlow as a full-time tag team. As great as both guys are, MJF should be a future world champion. And I mean, he's number one in the rankings. He should be challenging for the world title next, technically. But um, yeah, yeah, this should be really good. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and I agree, if only on the strength of the uh, of their match uh, that uh, that uh, MJF and um, and Jungle Boy had at it wasn't Revolution. What was the last paper? Double or nothing. Double or nothing. Man, that match of the night, one of the best matches of the year. Really, that yeah. was fantastic. They could uh, they could plug those two into my veins full time. Uh, next, we have uh, a segment where Taz does one of his move breakdowns, but this time he's breaking down. Brian Cage, so that's something, and and we also learned that Britt Baker is back, pulled up next to commentary on her cart, uh, in her wheelchair, on her cart, surrounded by plexiglass, still has that little rigging set up, the little little clothesline between her and Tony Schiavone, and she, she uses that uh, that little uh, clothesline to tell Tony Schiavone that uh, that he's out of friendship timeout, despite the fact that you know he let her get uh, tossed into trash last week. Uh, and uh, later on, we go back to um, uh, to Britt Baker, and she calls uh, she calls out, she calls out Big Swole, calling her a big piece of trash. Just so happens, Swole is there, comes up to confront her, but of course, like I said, there's plexiglass all around her, and and for some reason, because of the plexiglass, Britt Baker can't hear what Big Swole is saying. Uh, so uh, Swole confronts her, uh, and. Um, of course, Brit being super di- disingenuous about it. So Swole instead just climbs to the top of the cart, grabs a and has a trash can in hand, dumps the trash onto Brit Baker as Rebel tries to push, tries to push Big Swole off with a leaf blower, which was quite a sight to see. Um, more hijinks out of this, uh, Louis. It's hard to go wrong with Brit these days, and I think pairing her with Big Swole, Big Swole is a great foil for her. I think it, I think it's working. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Um, I guess I'll say it now. Um, actually, you know what? I'll save it for later because I have a bit of a bone to pick with AEW this week with 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 regards to the women's division. But in terms of Britt Baker. I thought that, as, as I said last week, I can't remember the last time someone has done such great character work while injured, stayed so relevant, stayed... Uh, and, and I can't wait to see her return. I really mm-hmm. can't. And the eventual match with Big Skull is going to be great. The the way she plays off Tony Schiavone and Rebel and um, Big Swole is just fantastic. So, I mean, she has really, really done well over the past few weeks. Uh, the past few months, really, since her heel turn in my eyes. So I'm really looking forward to what the future holds for her once her knee uh, recovers. Well, we had talked about this in, in, on previous occasions. You know, the Britt Baker character was so strong leading into the injury that it, would, it, it wouldn't have made sense to not continue to use her because her character is so strong. Isn't that right, Alex? I know you like to talk about Britt. D- talk no, about I, Brick I, a bit. I, I I love brick and I love Brit. Brit. I, I yes I love all things. Starts with the start with the br sound. Um, a bris? Uh, a br- well, I don't know. I mean, it depends. British that's, people. It, it, that's what you want. But listen, um, I I think this is great. I love all this, but I'm a huge Big Swole fan. And you have her feuding with somebody she can't wrestle for months. Like if you had her involved in another feud with somebody that she was having matches with 
that Britt kept getting involved in and Big Swole couldn't quite get over the hump against this other person because Britt's always getting involved. Maybe then you have a, a way of like building Big Swole in ring while she's also feuding out of the ring with, with Britt Baker. You have too many people who are out of the, out of, uh, the ring right now with, with Chris Statlander and, and Britt Baker. You could be building another future champion, Big Swole. My thing is that once Britt Baker gets back and she has that uh, match with Big Swole, well, one of them's got to lose that, and I don't want either one of them to lose at that point, especially if Big Swole hasn't been beating everybody else along the way, many different women, before she gets to that point. So we'll see where they go from here. But I, I love Big Swole, and I, I want her to be up at the very tippy-top of that women's division. Um, she can also feud with a woman in a wheelchair while she's beating everybody else sure. to get a, a title shot versus uh, Hikaru Shida. We got But Alex... They they already had one one women match on the show, so they can't have two. No, that's that is true. One that, one is definitely that, too many, and I think it lasted all, almost forty five seconds. So that's let's just very slow it down. Slow it down, everybody. We all you know want to hashtag believe women, but maybe we should hashtag slow it down on giving them more than one match. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying. I thought the Sheeta match was too long. Well, hey, let, let's let's start talking about it then. Let's talk about it. We're actually going to uh, we're actually going to start this one off. Hikaru Shida versus versus Red Velvet. Um, we're going to start off with a super chat that was given us to uh, was that was given to us by Dante. Thank you very much. Who says I was cool with the women's stuff last week on Dynamite, but I think they need to give them more shine. They need to start building some new blood in that division while they have people on the shelf. Thank you very much, and I think this is a sentiment that we all echo. And it's, uh, I think it was doubly clear tonight. Uh, Sheeta comes to the ring, but she all, her, apparently her Penelope Ford senses are tingling because she was able to detect Penelope Ford was insulting her from the audience before she actually got to the ring. Um, Ford slaps uh, Sheeta, and Paul Turner, the ref, tries to get the match going under control. And the match basically is this a running knee by Sheeta, a falcon arrow by Shinda, Sheeta, excuse me, and that's that. She gets the win. A good old squash. Then she goes back after Penelope Ford. They brawl on the outside. I I like the post match angle. I thought it was a. I thought it was good. They did the pull apart. She even clocked Kip Sabian across the face, who then put his eyeglasses back on. Not his eyeglasses, but his shades back on. And there was one lens that was missing. It was perfect. Um, I, I, give me your thoughts on this, Louis. Clearly, you have a few. It was short. It was really short. I mean, if you're going to have a match like this that's that short, as Alex said, put Big Swell in a match later on in the show. Even if it goes five minutes, have two women's matches on the show. If one is literally ten seconds, mm -hmm. the majority of the match was the pin. It's, it's not good enough for me. Why do I care about Hikaru Shida and Penelope Ford's match? I don't. Why They've given me no reason to care. So, um, But in saying that, this Sheeta match was good in terms of putting her over. It just didn't put her match with Penelope Ford over. Um, but yeah, I thought the best thing about this was, I don't know if you guys caught it, but former NXT star Cesar Bononi was in the crowd. Really? I did not I, realize that. So I don't think anyone saw it. And we got a message on a group chat I've got. And someone goes, is that Cesar Bononi? So I was like, no, it can't be. And then it was Cesar Bononi. That was, for me, it was 
seeing him next to Ricky Starks, it was like mini me and bigger me. It was, it was fantastic. But, uh, in all seriousness, as I said earlier, then there needs to be more Charlotte on the women's division. Give me more than one women's match a show, especially if that women's match goes two minutes less. Because, I mean, over the past few weeks, we haven't really seen much, and I think they need to be doing better. And especially when they have somebody as amazingly talented as Abaddon on on the roster, like I, they didn't use her this week, uh, it's it's unforgivable. As I as I, I was I will say, I feel like this is the beginning of of a new meme, Alex. Of the how does Abaddon fit in? I think this is, <laughs> since, since... Well, here's 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 how she could honestly fit in. She could have a pretty fun little feud with Big Swole. Like Big Swole can beat beat her in all the matches. Like she's a zombie, she'll resurrect for the next one. And that's that's one way you can keep Big Swole active with somebody who's entirely separate from this. If some zombie keeps sneaking up on Big Swole, but Big Swole's trying to deal with Britt Baker, basically you could make Abaddon the Dexter Loomis-ish of uh, of of AEW Women's Division because you're not using the women anyway. Mm-hmm. Do something. Do something. Hang on. What's what's Rebel status? Yeah, that's a very good question. Know. That's a very good question know. because she's one that they could that they could easily transition into uh, into a match, uh, you know, feuding with uh, uh, by proxy, basically. Yeah, yeah. But basically, like like Brit can order her to wrestle Big Soul. Sure. Yeah, you know that that could be a fun a fun way of 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 getting her involved. I mean, I don't want to say they should do that because obviously we don't know what the score is with Rebel if. She can't wrestle. No, obviously. No. If, but, if I mean, she's cleared, that's yeah, certainly a she, way to get her involved. If she cleared it, as you said, it's a long time to feud with someone that can't wrestle. So by proxy, have uh, Rebel involved. I'd, I'd be up for that. I'll tell you this much, though, because I've, I've talked about this in a, on a couple of previous occasions uh, in regards to this. I don't have much of a, of a problem with Hikaru Shida uh, squashing people w- because she is the champ. She is the best. And at some point... Having competitive matches with very, very undercard talent. Talent that isn't officially signed either. It doesn't quite make sense to me. So I'm okay with Sheeta running in and destroying Red Velvet. That's what should happen. Uh, Sheeta is your champ. She should look uh, tough to beat. So if, if your under-talent is having a competitive match with her, I think it ultimately hurts. But I, I, I do agree that you know if you're going to give your women won 10 second match you could squeeze an extra one onto this card no problem especially if we have to sit through a Cody Hager a Cody and Jake Hager press conference that happened earlier today this was strange i don't quite get it cuz there wasn't anyone i think they were having people call in it's not very clear uh and basically like hager didn't show up and so all the questions are directed to the Nightmare family who are there. Arn Anderson rips through Hager saying that well, he didn't have the courage to show up or, you know, either he's stupid or he doesn't have enough confidence in himself. And Cody says that he doesn't like cosplay, doesn't like cosplay wrestling and talks about the title being incomplete. And, and then finally Jake Hager shows up, shows up with, uh, with his wife and uh, they do the poses. Uh, like you do at a at an MMA boxing fight, and then they shove each other like at an MMA uh, boxing press conference, and then there's some water that's thrown, and we're done. Uh, Louis, before I get too much, yeah, Louis, before I get too much on into my own head on this, 
I want to hear your thoughts. How did you feel about this segment? Well, I love the premise of it. The premise of a press conference between two wrestlers. I think AEW did the weigh-in before, yes. I believe it was Moxley, Moxley which was awesome. It was awesome. I love the whole idea of a weigh-in, a, a press conference. Gives it a more sports feel, which AEW had promised. So I like the premise of it. Um, and I also, I, I didn't mind this, actually. I quite liked um, Hager not basically playing around for Cody's old school or sort of MMA shtick. He sort of came in and said... I said in as many words without saying it, I'm not in the mood for talking. Let's get this over and done with. So I thought it got both characters over. But at the end of the day, we are watching Cody Rhodes versus Jack Swagger next week. And and I sorry, I don't care. Well, there you go. That the, here's this is the situation that I have a problem with. And Alex, I'd, I don't know if you got a chance to see the segment, but I would like to get your thoughts because my problem essentially is that Jake Hager doesn't come across as a as a contender. He, uh, he never has because he wrestled v- uh, a, a handful of matches before actually getting his shot against Moxley, uh, which was super hyped. And quite frankly, the match didn't live up to it. And now we're doing the exact same thing. It, it, it seems like in the mind of AEW creative, Jake Hager is uh, an Insta star, like someone that you can just go boop and everyone's going to buy into it where I'm like, I I don't I don't get Jake Hager in AEW. I don't. And this whole setup here trying to give it a big fight feel doesn't work if one of your wrestlers doesn't feel like a big fight feel wrestler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I oh, oh, go on. But I was yeah, I know I threw to Alex was... just just to be clear. Um <laughs> apologies. I I uh I've always felt like um Jake Hager has a real air of uselessness to him. Mm-hmm. Like he's just there. He's there to be tall and blonde and wear polo shirts. Like that's basically all he's there for. And read, and um, read an occasional poem. Read an occasional poem. Um, I, I think that he fits in really well with the inner circle, but I don't know why he's being treated as though he's something special in AEW, like deserves title shots without actually proving himself. Like if he, if he was like if Jake Hager every other week, had a match and just like murked some dude in a minute and a half every time. And then he's like, you know what? I'm done with this. I want a real challenge and I want a shot at Cody's title. Okay, fine. But I feel like I've, I feel like I've seen him on wrestle on dynamite. Like what? Uh, I, I can count the number on one hand. Mm-hmm. Like I know he wrestled on dark. Some, he has a couple of pay-per-view matches, but I, I don't, I don't feel like I've, and, and, and yeah, let's be honest. The guy was a joke for most of his, time in, in WWE, so him coming over here and be like, yes, he's taller than most of your roster in AEW. That doesn't inherently make him special. Um, plus, the funniest thing about this this whole thing is him showing up with his wife, and I didn't know they were to, like together together until they held hands, and I was like, oh, I guess that's his wife, because I haven't been paying attention to all the things that Jake Hager's wife has been in. Um, but my favorite part was her throwing the drink in Cody's face, like, just so politely, like, here, here's... Here's some water. Would you like to drink this? As opposed to like really just getting in there with it, like really throwing it in his face. It just felt like it was like I'm going to spill this in your general direction. <laughs> um, well, so that was anyway. That was a segment, and it happened, and it, the mat. We're getting the match next week. Uh, Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela are at a gas station. Kiss gets accosted by some dudes who uh, want to uh, steal his car, while Janela is biting bur- is buying burritos. 
uh, and then they come out and they have a sh- a short cinematic fight with uh, those dudes and uh, uh, Louis it rocked. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was awesome. It really got over the oddball sort of pairing between these two. And yeah, there's not much more I can say. I I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so that actually led us into the match between Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela and uh, Colt Cabana and Brody Lee. Um, Lee uh, tosses Sunny Kiss around quite a bit and rams Janela down. There's um, uh, Silver and Reynolds who are out there as well from the Dark Order, and they interfered throughout the match, allowing Cabana to get one up on Sunny Kiss. Um, back from when we get back from commercial, Joey Janela hits a crossbody off the top rope and a Death Valley driver. Uh, then uh, he and Sunny Kiss do double moonsaults to the floor. Janela does a top rope splash wa- uh, and uh, followed up immediately by Sunny Kiss, who was a 450. But Brody Lee breaks up the pin. And uh, this all comes uh, this all comes to an end when Brody Lee hits the discus lariat and has Cabana, who is the legal man, go for the pin. And he, off- he offers him up the pin. And uh, Cabana and Lee win. We won't go into the post-match angle just yet, but uh, Louis, what are your thoughts on the match? I have three words for you guys. Poor Brody Lee. Interesting. What the hell did he do wrong? <laughs> One month, he's feuding with John Moxley for the AEW World Championship and having one of my favorite matches of Double or Nothing. I thought that match ruled. He was in a world title program, and it was awesome. The next month, he is begging someone who cannot win for shit to join his cult. What's the point? Like, who? What? I don't care about seeing a cult cabana and and Brody Lee tag team. I would rather see Brody Lee. If you get told me Brody Lee versus Cody Rhodes, yep, I take that. I mean, you probably don't want to have uh, Brody lose two title matches. Well, I mean, you definitely don't. But um, I just don't care for this tag team. I think Brody, with all due respect to Colt, Brody's above that. And I would have hoped to see him above that. We've seen him in tag teams wherever he's been. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to see him in a tag team again. Um, I think he... I was all right with the Dark Order and him being part of a stable because it was his stable. It was it was he was the front runner. But now it just seems like if the if the if the team with Colt is going to be a long term thing, I'm not that interested in seeing it. But the match was decent. Uh, it was good for getting sort of Janela and, um, and Sunny Kiss. Kiss over, yeah, Sunny Kiss over. Uh, both great workers. I thought they they they. Don't seem to gel on paper, but they do actually gel in the ring. They had some quite nice double-team offense. Um, the match was fine, but again, I'm just hoping we can see more from Brody Lee in some capacity because he does deserve it. He is such a such a great worker, and I got to interview him before Double or Nothing. The nicest dude I think I've ever spoken to. So I really hope we can hopefully see more from him and see him leading the Dark Order as opposed to just being part of a tag team with Colt Cabana trying to get him to join the faction. And I know for a fact that the, before that, the nicest dude you have ever spoken to was Alex Pulaski. So. Yeah, very, very nice man, I am. Most positive dude as well. After the match, Lance Archer shows up and decides to beat up Sonny Kiss and uh, no-sell a chair shot by Joey Janela. Okie doke. 
Jake Roberts had to break that up. We'll see. We'll see how that goes over the next couple of weeks. One thing that I like tonight, by the way, guys, uh, they started showing in the lower thirds results from Dark last night, which I thought was a, a neat way to just put things over just to make sure, uh, you know, you get a flow. Hey, there's stuff happening over here. You don't have to watch it, but at least we'll tell you what the results are. And they also showed us the results of Sean Spears' match against Pineapple Pete, where he used a loaded glove to win. So the mystery has been solved. The black glove that he's using is Ted DiBiase's. So that's fantastic. Next, we had SCU versus FTR. It was uh, supposed to be uh, the Natural Nightmares, QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes, but QT Marshall uh, self-quarantined because he was exposed to someone who, uh, who was in contact with someone who had been in, who had been in contact with COVID-19. Uh, that's how you do that's it. How- that's how you do this safely. Well, naming no names, maybe some people, just some people, could take notice. No, absolutely. No, well, we, sure. we could, we could, we can talk sure about it a bit because John Moxley did the same thing tonight. Uh, apparently, he he, uh, it's Tony Khan who came out with this information out on Twitter, outright saying uh, John Moxley, QT Marshall, have been in contact with people who uh, were in contact with people who had symptoms of COVID, so they chose not to come tonight. Uh, this, of course, comes out on the same day that we learned that there are multiple people within WWE who have tested positive. Uh, and uh, surprise, surprise, you start testing your talent and you start getting positive results. Go figure. Um, this was probably the best move. Apparently, it was a, a, a decision on their uh, on the talent's part. Um, I mean, this is the smart thing to do, Louis. I mean, you just stay home. Don't get people infected. It's really not that hard. I wouldn't even say it's the smart thing to do. It's the humane and sensible thing to do and the safe thing to do. It's, the, it, I, it's the obvious thing to do. It's the it's, only it's thing the, people should be the doing. the bare minimum of things to do. It's, it's what we should be expect of you, not something we give you a cookie because you did it. Oh, look, good, good for you. Let's all stand up and applaud the person who didn't do the stupid, terrible thing. No, like, this is what you do. You do this, obviously. And then beyond that, maybe think of taking extra precautions. But the very bare minimum is this. <sighs> I mean, I, I appreciated the transparency as well, because it would have been very easy to go, I don't know, Brian Cage attacked Moxley in the parking lot. Or something happened with this. Or sort of a Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Goldberg situation. Just show a new graphic. What with current circumstances going on in the world right now? There you go. John Moxley is unable to appear. That's all they'll say. Just say, it was always Brian Cage versus... (laughs) I can't even remember the jobber's name. But it was always Brian Cage versus this person. It's your fault for misremembering. Yeah. But no, I appreciated the transparency, and I think that, it, it, as we said earlier, it, it it needs to be applauded because it sh- shouldn't be happening, but they did the right thing, 100% the right thing, and I think do deserve to be... Uh, that, for that to be noticed. Yes. So I think AW, hats off to you guys, well done, and hopefully other companies, <clears throat> no names... Take notice. This is how you do things. 
Well, the match that was uh, that got replaced, uh, or not the the match, but the team that replaced the Natural Nightmares SCU gave us a good, good match with FTR. Um, Cash Leon works over Kazarian's arm. Everything boils down into a great fight. Uh, Dax and Kaz double suplex each other over the top to the floor just as we're going to commercial. Dax hit, hit some nice snap suplexes. Um, he uh, he did a, a slingshot suplex and immediately lifted the fingers of the four horsemen in a uh, tribute to Tully Blanchard right there. Uh, he's so in his element right now. He's so happy to be there. Kaz takes, uh, Kazarian takes off Cash's head off with a lariat at some point. Backstabber by Kaz into a kick by uh, Christopher Daniels. And then back into an unprettier on Cash was a great sequence. Um, there's uh, the um, the superplex splash spot that FTR usually do. That was countered by SCU by Daniels reversing out of the superplex as uh, as he was falling while Kazarian tossed Cash off the top turnbuckle. That was really good. Dax eats the Angels' wings, but the um, uh, but uh, the pin is broken up, and it's the Shatter Machine. I'm sorry, I can't remember the 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 new name that they Midnight. Uh, not Midnight Express, Good Night The Good Night Express. That gets the win for FTR. This match ruled, Louis. Loved it. Loved it. Just give me more of it. Give me FTR versus every goddamn tag team that AEW has, and I will be a very happy boy. So, no, I love this. The post-match didn't work for me, uh, but the, the actual in-ring match, and I'm probably quite great not happy that obviously natural nightmares couldn't appear because i would much rather no one came into contact with anyone with covid but scu versus ftr is probably a more exciting matchup than natural nightmares versus ftr so i'm happy we got this one um and yeah great stuff well after the match they did call out the other teams uh they said that they uh, might not have the athletic back the athletic background that jr loves so much but they are the baddest team around and then butcher and the blade hijacked their truck and threatened to take it apart if they don't accept a an eight-man tag team match for next week. Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks and, uh, and FTR. Alex, however, will the Young Bucks and FTR be able to get along, Alex? I don't know. The coexisting. How will they Can ever coexist? How could they possibly... They, you know they don't like each other, Warren. I know, Louie. I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but FTR and the Young Bucks—they don't like each other, and they're being forced to be friends in this match. How? 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 Maybe, maybe Louie can explain this to us. Our brains can I, take it clearly. Here's here's what I here, the thing I loved most about this, and this will <clears> tell you how bad this all was. I love that the Blade calls the Butcher Butch. I think that's really endearing and very sweet, actually. I don't I don't know what the Butcher calls Blade. Maybe he calls him Wesley Snipes. I don't know what his nickname for the Blade is, but I think it's really cute. I also think it's still really cute that they keep dressing like they're Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Why are they dressing in, like, matching white pants and sh- I don't understand i also don't know why they're friends with the lucha bros by the way welcome back pentagon i guess we haven't seen him in a long time this this match is going to be just a, it's 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 a it's a match from the middle of the second hour of raw however will these teams to- coexist like 
Why is this? Oh, okay, fine. I understand you don't want to give us Young Books versus FTR right away, but this version of Stalin is not my cup of joe. Mm-hmm. We got a super chat from uh, DGMC who says, uh, thank you, by the way, DGMC. He says, uh, will FTR versus the Bucks live up to expectations? Louis, do you have some, some thoughts on this eventual undeniable matchup? I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for it. But don't give me an eight-man tag. I came on last week and I said they're going to do an eight-man tag. I hope they don't do an eight-man tag. But they did the eight-man tag. I presume it would have been super bad squad based on last week's uh, angle and the whole sort of 14 beatdown. But, um, yeah, the match will be good, but I'm not too pleased about the way they're going about it. Um, And, I mean, the match will be more than good. The match will be fantastic. And is probably the match I'm most looking forward to in AEW in the the next... Uh, in the next couple of months, I, I just hope they wait until there's fans. I think it's a uh, it's a main event for All Out. I think that's what this match. Only if there's fans though. Oh, oh, I don't care when it is. Even if it's the first show back with fans, put it in the main event of that show because that will be like a pay per view. I presume they'll, they'll load that with title matches and things of that nature. Make sure fans are there because when they started this whole. Twitter war thing. It was, I think, when we will wrestle the Young Bucks one day or we will wrestle the Revival one day and fans will rejoice. So put fans in the arena and then give me this match. But regardless, it will be fantastic. So I, I'm very much looking forward to it. We have a segment for Best Friends and versus uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page uh, playing off the odd uh, pairing in both cases and how good both of them are as well, be leading into their match at Fighter Fest. Um, this was really good. Will even lead, lead me into a uh, into a super chat from Ty Noel. Thank you very much, Ty. Who asks, do you guys think there is a tag team in AEW that they can do a Gargano Champa or a Jeff Matt Hardy feud with? So something that you could really like get get some some emotion, some story into it. Uh, I think there's already a lot with FTR and the young bucks if they want to play it that way um louis do you have uh do you have another pairing in mind that could have that kind of gravitas to it i presume he means in terms of or whoever means in terms of a feud between the pairing like a long yeah like a long um oh yeah okay like a tag team splitting up yeah which i'd say penta and phoenix to be honest because i would love to see that match Mm mm-hmm I think the thing is with Matt and Nick Jackson, they would have a good match, but do they have a very good match? But do I want to see them feud and sort of go this go their go their own ways? Probably not. Same with FTR. Sure. Um, but Penta and Phoenix should be good, and also Santana and Ortiz, mainly because Santana is so good for me that he deserves the singles run. Um, he'd be a great TNT champion, I think. So um, I'd be up seeing that. But uh, yeah. Uh, I'd say those two for me are the front runners. Alex, do you have a thought? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you could do something. Um, I don't know if it would be great, but it certainly would be an interesting way of of, of developing Jungle Boy further. If uh, if he had to go through Luchasaurus, like it, like Luchasaurus turned on him or whatever, and he had to like go through the big angry dinosaur as part of his build in his young career. 
you know, to the end, um, because like they've they've been such great friends, and he's he's Jungle Boy's protector. And if Jungle Boy, if if, if you know, Luchasaurus for whatever reason turns heel on on Jungle Boy, all of a sudden, not only does he not have that protector anymore, but now that protector is turned against him. That's very different, I think, than than the heels. Like like the, Diesel to Shawn Michaels isn't like. A heartwarming tale of a boy and his dinosaur, <laughs> like it's it, it's a very different thing. If the dinosaur all of a sudden was your best friend and now is trying to eat you, that's a very different story altogether. I can't believe I'm talking about a dinosaur at 4 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And I quote, "The guy has to go through his angry dinosaur." Yeah. What are we? What are we? What are we talking about? Pro wrestling. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection. Ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's something. Brian, <laughs> Brian Cage squashed a dude. It's fine. After the match, uh, Taz is on the microphone and basically tells uh, tells John Moxley, who's sitting at home, that at least at least Cage came to work. Yeah, yeah. But we get the we get the sentiment. Okay. Firstly, thank God Moxley didn't come to work. Right. Let's just say that. I would, I would much rather he didn't come to work. Absolutely. So well done, Moxley. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite disappointed. But I'm in how this feud has played out. It's been a lot backstage vignettes, backstage this, backstage that. And I was hoping for sort of a big go home angle this week. But obviously, the situation was out of the hands. And uh, as I've as I've alluded to earlier, I would much rather. They didn't do a go-home angle and stayed safe as opposed to did a big go-home angle and risked by having Moxley come to the taping. So they did 100% the right thing, and I think it's a sacrifice that everyone involved uh, is willing to take, and the fans probably appreciate it as well. Next, we had Matt Hardy versus Santana of the Santana and Ortiz team, uh, replacing Sammy Guevara, who has been uh, suspended uh, without pay from AEW. And we'll have to go through uh, sensitivity training as well regarding some comments he made uh, a few years ago uh, in regards to Sasha Banks. Um, so there's a, not much this match, really a bit of double team lead that leads to Santana hitting a drop kick on Matt Hardy and takes control. There's some back and forth between the guys. Uh, Hardy hits a couple of side effects, a Cobra clutch slam as well. Can put Santana away. Um, but, uh, and Santana hits a driver on Hardy, rolls him up, but Matt Hardy rolls through the roll up and gets the surprise pin on Santana. After the match, uh, Santana and Ortiz double team Hardy until private party come out for the save. So clearly this was, uh, set to, um, to lead us forward. 
uh, into a feud between uh, Santana and Ortiz and Private Party. And, uh, you know, we keep saying week after week that the uh, AW tag team division is the best in the world. Well, fine. Give them give them more feuds. I'm okay with this. Yeah, fine. It's one word. It was fine. There you go. That was three words, but <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? It was, it, was, it was a decent match. Nothing more, nothing less. Private Party versus LAX, which is happening in Fire Defense, will be good. Other than that, no, no, not much more you can say. Dante left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Dante. Says, am I the only one who wants to see Santana go on a singles run down the line? He's a great promo, too, in my opinion. Louis, you wagged your finger at a super chat? I was saying, no, no, you're not the only one. Oh, okay. I, I agree. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. As I alluded to it earlier. I'm a massive fan of Santana. Give me a Santana singles run. TNT Championship. I'd love to see a match between him and Cody for, for the title. Yeah, 100%. I find Ortiz a little bit much. He's a bit too... Um, I don't know how to word Over it. Over the but top. He, he's a bit much. Yeah. A little like, over the top. Yeah, yeah. Just, you're like a kid that's had too much candy. Sure. A kid that... Just, just chill out a bit. Take a chill pill. And then come out. Compose yourself. And come out. Eloquent left us a super chat says Santana should have go, gone over in my opinion. Feels like forever since he and Ortiz have won any high profile matches. That is true though. It has been a while. It's been a while for a lot of the, a lot of the uh, um, uh, inner circle guys. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, there's uh, there's something that could be done there. Main event segment: Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho are in the ring. Jericho compares. Orange Cassidy to the chicken. Uh, why did the chicken cross the road? Joke says the more you hear the joke, the more the, you realize how annoying and dumb it is. Kind of like Orange Cassidy. He said he called everyone in AEW when he found out that he was signed. He being Orange Cassidy he called Tony Khan. He called Cody the Bucks and Kenny Omega and said, why did you sign this guy? And they all answered the same thing. People love him. And then he says, well, you know, he is different. And like the great, late, great Brian Pillman told me, if you want to make it in the business, you have to do something different. But he got out of his lane when he decided to go and get in the face of Le Champion. And he promises to kick his teeth in if he does the shin offense. Well, Orange Cassidy takes the microphone, puts it down, and does the shin offense. Jericho then breaks his glasses and they start to brawl. They go out into the stands. Jericho beats the shit out of Cassidy. Let's just call a spade a spade. Hits him hard with the camera jib as well. But it all comes to an end when Orange Cassidy Superman punches Jericho off a road case and through a table. Louis, what did you think about this this event to close out our go-home show to Fighter Fest? I'm going to embrace my inner Orange Cassidy with a thumbs up. It was great. I, I, I'm really into this match. I'm really into this um, feud. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, my issue is the placement of it on the card, perhaps. Could it have been... Was it, was it sort of the massive go-home main event that that I'm looking for. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it was probably the best thing on the show. Um listen, it it, it, it was very good. And I think Jericho and Cassie are clearly gonna have a very fun match. 
It's... And I'm very, very much looking forward to it. Because if anyone can do comedy, it's Jericho. And if anyone can do comedy as well, it's it's Orange Cassidy. So we, we should be in for a treat. It was technically the go-home show before Fighter Fest. And I don't make the rules. Every go-home show before an AEW pay-per-view has to end with some kind of brawl spilling out into the arena. It has to. That's just, that's them's the rules. And they just had to follow them. Well, that was our recap of AEW Dynamite. Rafael Garcia left us a super chat, though. He says, uh, "Is it? Uh, it's still early, but are we heading to a point where go to AEW isn't the answer for all upset WWE or other talent?" Um, Alex, what do you what do you feel about that? Do you think uh, that uh, the instant uh, he's heading to AEW moniker is a little tired at this point? Well, I mean, I don't I don't know yet. Um, it's certainly they don't have a great track record with some of the people who've come over, but it's young. We're definitely still young on the FTR thing. But the Brody Lee thing always confounded me why they insisted on debuting Brody Lee as this different character. But he still looked exactly like Luke, Luke Harper, but the character was nothing like Luke Harper. There's a like that that didn't make a lot of sense to me that you could have a, you could have created a completely different persona, character, everything, set him up, square one, brand new thing. We, we, it would have taken a lot of people a minute to be like, oh, shit, is that Luke Harper? Oh, this is a totally different guy. I'm going to forget entirely about his time in the Wyatt family and everything and just embrace this new thing. Every time he walks out, I go, that's Luke Harper. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not Luke Harper. It's this other thing. And the character kind of is weird. Like, he's this corporate CEO of a dark death cult. I don't even know what that is. So, like, they don't they don't have a great track record right now of guys who were who were dis- disgruntled in, a, in WWE and come over. But it's they still haven't been around for that long. Right. There's a lot. There's a lot more they can do. I will say on that note, there are some people, for example, that when the whole releases happened that everyone was like, oh, they should go to AEW. And one of them was EC3. And I thought, I can't think of anything worse because EC3 and MJF just seemed like they'd clashed. They're trying to do a very similar gimmick. So I don't think it works for everyone, but there are some people like Zap Ryder, for example, that you just think you'd be fine there. You're mates with Cody. Yeah. You'll be fine. So I think it works for some people and not for others. Gisberto Guzzo left us a super chat saying, Bonsoir, gentlemen. Spent my night playing WCW NWO Revenge. Catching up on all the night's happenings with you now. Have a great show. Best wishes to you all. Thank you very much. And a good choice of video game to spend your evening. Uh, Patelron left us a super chat as well. Says, keep up the good work. Very generous super chat at that. Thank you very much for that. DGMC left a super chat as well. Says, do the right thing on Thursday. And this will be over Hayes. I don't know what he's talking about. So we're going to move on to NXT. Um... Just before we start, and uh, just as we were going, uh, getting on the air, the NXT account announced that next week's show is going to be identified as the Great American Bash next week. And in this uh, sentiment, the line drive left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Says if this chant, this trend, excuse me, of NXT bringing back old pay per view names continues. I can't wait for the announcement of Halloween Havoc. Side note, put the Loomis versus Roddy strap match into my eye holes. So hyped. Alex, 
let's just call a spade a spade. They're AEW's coming in strong with it with their Fighter Fest two nights. We called it last week when we when they announced the uh, the uh, winner take all championship match. Mm-hmm. They stacked the card again tonight with even uh, with more great matches. They're making it special, calling it the Great American Bash just around the Fourth of July. Uh, to me, this is no surprise. This is counter programming, and I'm all for it. What do you think? Well, well, I mean, like, it, is it cynical? Yeah. Is it petty? Sure. Is it absolutely on brand for WWE? You but bet. it's business. Um, I mean, I'm okay well, with this. Sure I'm, I am completely sure okay with this, and especially calling out the Great American Bash, which is clearly oh. very, very WCW in Cody's wheelhouse. You know, Cody likes to yes. call, oh. likes to think I, he's an old school they wrestler. Showed, you know, they showed dust. They showed Dusty in the video package for it. Yeah. Yes, of course. Chef's they did. kiss. Of course, of course they did. They did. Oh. Yeah. No, <laughs> anyway, no, go ahead, listen. Alex. Oh, well, okay. So here's the other thing is that they've announced that next week is a Great American Bash. Mm-hmm. Next week. Not the following week when there's um uh the, the winner take all match. So sometime next week during the show, or sometime in the intervening few days between now and next Wednesday, they're gonna say Great American Bash is too big for just one night. And then they'll, <laughs> then they'll move it. They'll say it's now both next week and the following week. They can't say that now because then it looks like they're copying AEW and they don't want it to look like they're copying AEW. So they got to wait and they got to do it later surreptitiously or out of the blue. William Regal has to have a thought in his mind during the episode. Ah, I have it. Next week will also be the Great American Bash. Or next week we'll do Bash at the Beach, and we'll put sand in all the uh, out, out there for all the people who are watching the show getting COVID. They can all sit out there in beach towels with umbrellas. We'll do Bash at the Beach on the eighth. Ridiculous. Anyway, as we start the show, uh, Damian Priest, uh, about an hour as he was driving in, got attacked by Cameron Grimes. Um, seriously, something has to be done about the security in that goddamn parking lot i like for real now it's not even it's not even a meme anymore i'm concerned for everyone who pulls up i don't want to go to full sale personally i'm gonna get i'm gonna get thugged no this is great where they somebody like reps run up like they got a camera right on on priest he's writhing in agony and uh and the reps are oh damien what happened what happened my back what hurts my back and like he's obviously grabbing his back um, and I, I was, as he was getting out of his car, like somebody hit him with a lead pipe in the spine, I guess. I don't know, but this is the deal. You're going to, you're going to turn Damien Priest babyface, And the only thing you have an idea for what it, what he can do is I have it. Let's have him fight from underneath. He'll lose a few matches, but eventually he'll overcome the odds. And then, then they'll root for him. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's like. It's plan A, B, C, and D. It's the only thing they have to like turn a big guy who's who is a heel now make him babyface. The only way to do it is to bring him down to the heel's level. Oh, the heel, that dastardly heel, he has to sneak attack him in order to beat him. But that just only makes Damien Priest more righteously angry. It's all so stupid. Just have Dave. Like here's here's you know why we actually bought the Drew McIntyre babyface turn. Tell me, is because. He just was the same guy he was as a heel, but now he was like connecting with the crowd and like just like saying, "Hey guys, do you want to see me beat up this these dudes?" They were like, "Yes, we would like that," and he does. And they're like, "Well, hey, he did the thing we wanted him to do. That's great." 
and he was smiling and he wasn't actively insulting the the, the audience anymore but he, he was never they never had drew mcintyre fight from underneath you know like like oh no he's got a, he's got bruised ribs how will he ever defeat i don't know eric rowan's pet in this match versus eric rowan's pet with his bruised ribs he's got look at them all they're all taped up it's ridiculous just let damian priest still be damian priest only not you know sneak attack dudes with nightsticks there you go face turn achieved <laughs> the but one guy who's benefited from this tonight i find is cameron grimes uh i mean sure. he's already starting like you know with uh, with a uh, with about a, a five-minute run ahead of everyone in this context because of the hat. But he cuts a promo saying that uh, Priest has, has decided to no-show the biggest match of his career. You know, I like how he blows himself up. Priest shows up with his his tapes, uh, his ribs all taped up, excuse me, and they, they fight, and Grimes, of course, works the lower back. He eats a nice sit-out choke slam by uh, Damian Priest goes. Priest goes for the razor's edge on the floor, but he can't lift him. Because his back hurts, remember, guys? Uh, but yeah, yeah. Grimes hits the uh, the cave-in double stomp on the floor, gets him back into the ring, hits it again, and gets the pin. So Cameron Grimes coming out stronger here. Damian Priest, I I mean, to protect someone, because clearly this is what they were trying to do. We're going to protect Damian Priest. But to protect someone, that someone has to win some matches first. Right, Alex? Yeah, I don't know, man. He's uh, he's on a losing streak as a heel, so let's turn him babyface and debut him with a losing streak as a babyface. <laughs> Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, what? Honestly, what's his record on TV? It's got to be like four and twelve. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, he hasn't won matches on TV. So, like, the whole point was he had an amazing showing in his final match as a heel, and then we turned him babyface because. We like Cameron Grimes less than we like Damian Priest. There you go. That's how the the, the 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 face turn starts. But then to have him start it with a losing streak as a baby face, it's yeah. just it just doesn't make any sense. It's the raw and smackdownification of NXT, and I can't sit idly by and watch it happen. I have to say something and stop it. Stop it. Nip it in the bud. If we're if we're editorializing a little right now, you know, we've talked about it, you know, how NXT is starting to feel like it's being booked like on the on the main roster shows and there's a couple of examples tonight that happened. This is one of them here. Rhea Ripley being with Robert Stone backstage. Robert Stone uh, accosts her, tells her that Aaliyah is with uh, Robert Stone Enterprises and he offers Rhea a spot. She in return dumps him into the trash again. But that sets up a match later on in the evening with um, with her and Aaliyah. We'll, and we'll jump right into that right now. I know it's not exactly following the uh, chronological order, but it makes sense to talk about it here. And Rhea just tosses Aaliyah around. It's really just that simple. She's in control. Rhea gets the cloverleaf, uh, the standing cloverleaf in. Robert Stone throws a shoe. So, uh, so, of course, that being a penultimate level of insult, Rhea goes after him, starts, uh, clasps him. He sneaks out of the vest uh, to try and allow some distraction so Aaliyah can get the win. It doesn't work. Aaliyah eats a riptide, gets pinned. Later, Robert Stone is talking with William Regal on uh, on an iPad device uh, to try and uh, look. It all ends up with 
Next week, we're getting a two-on-one match. Robert Stone and Aaliyah versus Rhea Ripley. And if Rhea Ripley loses, she becomes a part of Robert Stone Enterprises. We just talked about it, Alex. This is the most main roster booking I have seen on NXT in a while. Now, see, the the whole, like, baby face is, is forced to join the heel stable against their will. Oh, no. Now, now, oh, now they have to do the stuff they don't want to do because mm-hmm. the heel... The heel faction leader told them they had to do it, and now they're going to be all mopey because they don't want to do it. Listen, you don't book this match with this stipulation unless Rhea is going to lose. Uh, Like, Rhea, like, confidently accepting the match also makes it obvious that she's going to lose because it was all she was own doing by being too arrogant about it. Um, like, like William Regal was trying to save her from this uh, this thing. Like, no, I can't do that. It's like, no, 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 I'm I'm good. Because she wants to beat up Robert Stone some more. But here's the thing. She she says she's going to do it. She's obviously going to lose the match, right? Which is a giant waste of time for Ripley. And here's what she does on, on Twitter. She gets on Twitter and, she, sa- and she, she writes, hashtag stinky feet stone. Y'all know what to do. So she's asking all of her followers to get a hashtag trending, insulting her, her opponent's stinky feet. That's how they're choosing to rehabilitate Rhea Ripley after they ruined her by having her lose to Charlotte so Charlotte could be champion of NXT so she could never get pinned or submitted to lose the belt so she could go back to Raw and have Nia Jax put her on the shelf until when? The Royal Rumble? What a great use of Rhea Ripley that is. Here's how I would rehabilitate Rhea Ripley. They had an awesome little video package for Mercedes Martinez coming back. Have Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez come into contact backstage. Which one of them is the baddest bitch in NXT? And they have a best of five series to prove that. I'd have Rhea Ripley win three to one, but I'd have Mercedes Mercedes Martinez win the first one. And convincingly, because Rhea Ripley's too big for her britches and Mercedes Martinez is a bad bitch. That would be a badass way to like prove that Rhea Ripley, because who's Mercedes Martinez? She's the women's version of Cassius Ono. Mm-hmm. She's there as the veteran to work with younger people, help them get better, and eventually put them over. That's what she should be doing. She's great. I love her. But that should be her role here. Perfect to have her rehabilitate Rhea Ripley and prove Rhea Ripley beating her three out of five times that she is that bad bitch. As opposed to, well, now I gotta be in a Robert Stone brand with Stinky Feet Stone, and I'm all mad because I have to be in his faction and I don't want to be. That's what you're going to do to Rhea Ripley. She was the hottest rising star in all of wrestling six months ago and this is what you've done to her. You know what My the worst God. thing is? Go ahead, Louis. Stone's going to get Stone's going to get the pin. Oh, that's that's exactly what I'm anticipating. That's exactly yep. what I'm what I what I'm what I'm thinking the what I'm thinking is going to happen. Yep. He's going to put his stinky feet on her chest and pin her. It's crazy how they lost sight of what got Rhea Ripley over, and it was it didn't require much. It just required letting Rhea Ripley be Rhea Ripley. That's all they needed to do. We get another vignette of Timothy Thatcher giving more lessons and definitely not hurting people uh, to a, a bunch of shadowy trainees. Then we get Santos. Can I can I just say on sure. that note, would have edited this out. Considering, sure, probably would have been a good idea. Probably not the best thing to have trainers B 
beating up talent. That's, that's they meant no malice in it. I'm 100 percent sure of that. But be a bit sensitive to issues. I would have taken it out. Fair enough. Santos Escobar defeated Jake Atlas. Wasn't much here. There was some back and forth. Atlas hits a double springboard arm drag, which was cool. Um, Atlas gets distracted and allows Escobar to send him flying off the apron and into the barricades. Uh, Escobar had mostly a ground game during this match. Atlas hits a moonsault on Mendoza and Wild to the outside, but it's not enough to avoid the Phantom Driver for the win. In and out. Inoffensive. Was fine. Alex, any thoughts? I mean, it's fine. Um, I like Jake Atlas trying to like stick up for Drake Maverick. They established that he was rooting for Drake, even though he beat Drake, that kind of a thing. Um, I think that's cool. Uh, st- still want at least Joaquin Wilde and Mendoza to be wearing the, the, the luchador masks in, and the suits when they walk down. Right. At least them. If you don't want to do Escobar, fine. He just looks so awesome in this suit with a luchador mask, and that's that's a that's a look they don't use very often. So at least you have his 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 backup wearing it, and I think every every uh, backstage interview should be him in a full suit with a luchador mask. It looks just looks so badass on him, um, and I'm think it's a it's a it's a waste of potential. But um, I will say that I kind of I kind of love the whole deal that they're doing with this, um, and I'm I'm really. I'm really looking forward to to seeing him versus some some top competition. You know, the the one guy that said on Twitter, uh, Swerve Scott says, "Hey, I'm still the only guy who beat you." You know, like I'm I, I beat he beat him in the group B. So I I'd, I wouldn't mind seeing a Swerve Scott versus uh versus Santos Escobar match since uh, Swerve beat him. Next, we had another undisputed therapy segment where. The Undisputed Era. Hang on. Okay. Apologies for the interruption. WWE have just announced the Great American Bash is coming to NXT, taking over, uh, taking place over the next two weeks. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, really? Yes, I wanted oh, to. That, that's out of, out of the blue. Want to thank the, Hannah Moore, who uh, dropped that information in the, as a super chat as well. Thank you very much, uh, Hannah. So, uh, yeah, they didn't even have time to tell us that it was too big for just one night, Alex. Ha! You've been fooled, Alex. Yeah, no, I know. It's it's. Uh, I'm I'm disappointed they didn't have a chance to actually use that tagline again and make that try and shoehorn that in there. The undisputed era uh, are having another therapy session for uh, for Roderick Strong, and this time Roderick realizes that the doctor is Kyle O'Reilly. He probably recognized him by his smile, and now he's super pumped. They get him in the trunk. And he pops out, and now he says he can conquer everything, so he can conquer Dexter Loomis tonight. He wasn't quite sure about that. It was a fun segment again, Alex. I liked it. No, no, these guys are these guys are great together, and I I I, I love Kyle O'Reilly's psychiatrist beard. I think it's really good. It's a really good look for him. Um, speaking as a guy with a red beard myself, I, I can say, uh, yes, it, it work. It works for him. Um, this is all fun. I. I I, I do love uh, Roddy just being so petrified of Dexter Loomis. And why wouldn't you be? Mm-hmm. Why, would, why wouldn't you be? We'll talk about that in a little while. Next, we had Malcolm Bivens, who was with Indusher, saying that he requested an interview because he's pissed off. In fact, he's attained the highest level of passivity. Alex, did you know yeah. that there were levels to this? No, I didn't. I didn't. But this is the first time they've actually shown uh, Malcolm Bivens to be Malcolm Bivens. Yes. 
Like that that line is the first time they've actually had him be clever in any way. Um, I guess I guess they're going to sacrifice Oni and Tui, Oni and Oni and uh, Danny to these guys. Uh, okay, fine. Okay, I mean, like, listen, if you if you if if you got to have somebody teach these guys how to work, Oni and Danny are Perfect. two of the best. Yep. We get a good video package for the triple threat later on in the evening. Then we get Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai defeating Caden Carter and Casey Cananzaro. Um, I, what I liked the most about this match was how Carter and Cananzaro worked together to try and take down um, to try and take down uh, 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 Gonzalez, and not just like double teaming, but w- looking out for each other at the same time, trying to keep the other one from bumping and. I, I I thought I thought there was there was some clever elements to this match, but you know how this was going. There was no question here. Gonzalez hits a massive one arm power bomb on Cananzaro, who could be the Marco stunt of NXT if they really wanted to lean that way. Don't don't. don't. Yeah, I put it out there. <laughs> Dakota hits a uh, Dakota gets uh, gets her submission locked in, and uh, that's the match. And she calls out Io Shirai as well and that actually leads us into well a little later on we find out that there's an announcement a number one contenders match for next week dakota kai candice LeRae, mia yim and tegan Knox in a fatal four-way alex give us your thoughts on the match give us your thoughts on the fatal four-way um i'm really into raquel gonzalez i just really wish she was still named reina gonzalez because it is a much 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 better name um and uh, I think she's I think she's great. She's improving all the time. Like you can have her be a a monster that somebody's got to run through to to get a shot of the title. That could be a lot of fun. Uh, Dakota Kai like having a newfound amount of confidence because she's got she's got this giant woman who's who's running as her backup. I think is is nice because Dakota Kai remember like for the longest time was just like a sacrificial lamb to Shayna Baszler for months. That was her whole like reason for being on the roster and now she's got a lot more um you know co- confidence that's great um uh, casey Cotanzaro as the marco stunt i mean i i'd be down with it except i'm pretty sure she's got like three inches and 40 pounds on him so i don't think she's quite small enough um but i thought this was all fine uh well and good um the the number one contenders match it's a fatal four-way just like just fit it's not like a ladder match or anything like they had the last time right it's just a fatal four-way um I'm 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 cool with it. I think there are also women that they didn't include that they could have. Sure. Shotzi Blackheart could easily have been in this match. Like they they have a really deep roster of women you wouldn't think um you wouldn't think of because of women who have been there until recently who've been moved up or are being used in different ways. <clears throat> Rhea Ripley is <clears throat> otherwise spoken for and can't be a part of this. But um but people like Bianca Belair gone not being used. Shayna, Shayna Baszler, gone, not being used. But now you got these women, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, they've got a history. Candice LeRae and Io Shirai have a history. She's also got a history with Tegan Knox. Mia Yim also has a, a history with Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae. So these, all these women hate each other to different, very varying degrees. I think this match is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I, I don't know who you have come out of this. I think maybe Dakota Kai because EO's got to be a strong victor in her first defense. But eventually, you're going to have to go back to Candice versus EO with the roles reversed and Candice as the heel. 
Like I'm I'm looking forward to that match, but it doesn't have to be right away. You can wait for it. Luigi, you got any thoughts on all these women's contendership shenanigans? No, but everything Alex said is right. I I hundred percent agree with him. Oh, there you go. Look at that. This is cohesion. Fantastic. Karrion Cross defeated Bronson Reed. Um, it wasn't quite the squash that I was expecting, but I mean, it wasn't. Uh, uh, Reed put up a fight to a certain extent. Um, Cross no sells a uh, German suplex at some point. Hits a Northern Light suplex into a lariat as well. Gets his choke lock on Reed for the win. Um, Jamie Aguilar leaves us a super chat. Says, "Thank you, by the way." Feels like they're setting up Battle of the Kaiju with Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross for both titles. Cross would go over for sure, right, Alex? Yes, and that's why I don't think they should do it in that way. <laughs> um, I, I, I think Keith Lee is winning this. I, I do. Um, um, we'll talk about that, I guess. I guess in a little bit, but um, the, the the Cross thing with Bronson Reed was was a really great preview for a for a for a killer cross versus uh Keith Lee match. Now whether or not that's actually for the titles or the, or one of the two titles or whatever, we don't we won't know uh un, until a couple weeks from now. But I thought I thought Bronson Reed gave it gave it a really good gave it the old college try. Um and Killer Cross is really impressive. Chucking a dude that big around the ring with easy with ease that's that's great. That's good stuff. Um, but I, I like that they allowed Bronson Reed to get some get some 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 offense in. As the breaking news of the uh, of the Great American Bash being uh, uh, put over uh, two weeks now, two different shows, the proud sports entertainment tradition, as WWE calls it, uh, it has been announced that Adam Cole will be defending on July eighth, no longer next week. Next match yep. that we had tonight was Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong. If it really, but it wasn't really a match. Strong's PTSD is kicking in hardcore. He can't even look at Dexter Loomis. He's trying to lock up, but he can't. He keeps rolling out to the to the outside. At some point, I'm figuring, you know what? This match is going to end up with Roderick Strong pinning himself. Loomis starts to stalk Strong, but Strong just hits the bricks and he gets counted out. And Loomis chokes out Bobby Fish. And they are leading into a strap match. Roderick Strong versus Dexter Loomis. And that is happening next week. Alex, you got a, a small grin on your face. You seem to like this prospect. I love the idea of a strap match between Dexter Loomis and Roddy Strong. That makes sense. Roddy, Roddy Strong, for example, they, they, they had his wife tweeted out a picture of, of Roddy's son, who looks like he's in college. He looks so old. Do you remember when he was a newborn during that Bobby Roode feud? Like that, like it's crazy. That feels like it was yesterday. Wow, yeah. But Bobby and and like and this kid is like he she he looks like he's at least in kindergarten. And they're like, there's a picture of him standing by an open trunk saying, "We got you, Dad. We're 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 rooting for you, no matter what." I think it's cute. But that just goes to show you how long Roddy has been in NXT and how he's gone from from like white meat baby face trying to like prove to his family that he's worth a damn by beating Bobby Roode to like being like the guy who turned on Pete Dunne to being the the comedy Freddy cat in this group of heels that are all up their own ass like 
he's got an incredible amount of range. Um, and if I thought for a second they, they should ever disband the Undisputed area, Era and have them go their separate ways, which I don't want them to do ever because I love them as a unit, but if they did, Roddy Strong could do whatever they wanted. Anything they asked him to do, he could, he could pull it off. I'm, I completely believe that. You remember there was even that, wasn't there a short episode where he was, wasn't he insanity? No, he had joined AOP. He had joined yes, AOP. Just, just, just for the War Games match. Had, but still, he, <laughs> yeah. he wore the gear better he was, than, he wore the gear better than Drake Maverick. Well, that's not a high bar to clear. <laughs> Louis, I, th I, I, this is my personal opinion. I think that the Dexter Loomis, Roderick Strong feud is one of the most entertaining in WWE right now. And it's doing wonders for both guys. How do you think this is working out? Once again, as Alex said earlier, not a high bar uh, with the most entertaining thing in WWE right now. But um, yeah, it, it's very entertaining. Interesting, no mention of Dream. Um, thought they were going to go along that lines of a tag feud. Potentially, I was thinking they were going to do a Roddy, Fish, uh, Roddy and Fish versus Dream and uh, Loomis match at one of the ne uh, next couple of weeks shows. Interesting that they didn't do that. Um, yeah, very good though. Very good stuff. Keith Lee retained the North American Championship against Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor. Uh, early on, there's a lot of double teaming by Gargano and Balor slapping on sleeper holds, trying to uh, knock Keith Lee out each their turn. There's, they seem to be working in uh, working in cahoots. But uh, eventually, uh, eventually they roll. Everything spills out to the outside. Balor hits a surprise sling blade, uh, and uh, Gargano on Lee and uh, Gargano hits a cannonball senton off the apron as well. And then Gargano and Balor have an exchange in the ring while Johnny Gargano, excuse me, while Finn Balor makes sure that Keith Lee stays passed out on the floor to the outside. But that doesn't that doesn't quite work. At some point, Keith Lee appears in frame and starts attacking. Starts attacking both guys. Uh, back on the floor again, there's a 1916 attempt uh, by Balor on Gargano that is interrupted by a pounce by Keith Lee. Balor runs into a Gargano superkick. Gargano superkicks Keith Lee as well. But then Balor shotgun dropkicks Gargano, who crashes onto Lee. And that leads us into the ending where there's a big bang ca catastrophe on Gargano. Goes for the pin. It gets broken up as... Um, Keith Lee rolls out of the way to avoid a coup de grace by Finn Balor. And then Lee ends up giving a uh, a Big Bang catastrophe to Finn Balor and gets the win. Alex, your thoughts on the match? Well, I, I didn't love the, the beginning of it. it. It felt like a good 40% of the match was, was just Johnny and Finn taking turns putting Keith in a sleeper hold. Um, and... Uh, there was a really long commercial break, like right in the middle of it. Um, I felt like the match hadn't really gotten started, mm -hmm. and they go back, they go to commercial, and they come back, and there's seven minutes left in the episode. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, great. Um, I did like the finish quite a lot. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was really good. I, I, I also enjoyed Heath Lee pouncing both men while. Um, Finn was trying to get Gargano up into the 19, 1916. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a that was that was a good move. I thought this was all great, and I get. I think, I think right now the right person won. We'll we'll see how the booking comes uh, two weeks from now 
and then in the in the few months to come after that, um, the, uh, my thought was anybody but Johnny, because I didn't need to see Johnny versus Adam Cole again. Um, but Finn Finn versus Adam easily could have been something interesting, be, simply because Finn could win the North American title tonight and then lose it immediately next week. Mm-hmm. Like that's an interesting option. Um, I always like the less um, obvious option. The obvious option in this was Keith Lee winning. Sure. So, so the obvious option might have been the right one. We'll see. Um, but again, the finish was great. Um, that match between Cole and, and Keith Lee should should slap so hard. <laughs> but we won't know until the second night of the Great American Bash. That's right. Only on the second night because it's too big for just one bash. Uh, Louie, <laughs> any thoughts on your, uh, uh, any thoughts on the result of this match? No, all good things. Good. Th- I'm very happy that it was Keith because obvious. Yes, but it's obvious because it was the right thing to do in my opinion. Um, I think we'll have to see how it plays in the carry and cross thing later down the line, but I'm happy with how it played out so far. So yeah, all good stuff. Matt J. Hendricks left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Matt. Says Keith Lee will be a transitional champion, a transitional NXT champion. Says I don't like saying that, but what it's what I feel is going to happen. Well, we'll see how how things go. Like Alex said, you know the booking is is going to be pri- primordial over the next couple of weeks. Let's let's revisit this thought in two weeks. We'll see we'll we'll see how that's going to go. Rafael Garcia left us a super chat as well and says, Alex forgot Roddy was in the cruiserweight title tourney putting That's bangers true. on after Enzo got fired. That was a, those were a couple of great matches. Honestly, during that tournament, I thought there was an outside chance there, that, that Triple H was going to say, you know what? I trust this guy to carry on the cruiserweight right. brand. I thought they were, I thought they were going to put the title on him, but he had a couple of great matches in that tournament. That's true. And if I'm not mistaken, they did put a lot of stock in him because correct me if I'm wrong, uh, either of you, they did vignettes of his, of his, uh, difficult past, right? Wasn't it there that they yeah, were yeah. aired? Yeah. You know, where, you know, all the, the weird stuff living in a trailer and there was a lot of stuff that they had brought back up there to, to build sympathy yeah. for him. Yeah. I think yep. I, there's definitely someone who likes, Roderick Strong in WWE quite a bit, and he has, like Alex said, he's given them every reason to trust him. Just like we thank you for giving us all sorts of reason to trust uh, to to trust us on your Wednesdays to come and wrap up this evening of wrestling. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this evening. Thank you, everyone who left a super chat. Before we go, Louie, tell the people where they can find you and what you got lined up this week. Um, so we've got a couple of interviews lined up this week. We're just currently in the process of making sure everything's all good, everything's all in line with what's going on at the moment, and nothing's been said that we need to take out of interviews, so we're just making sure that's all good. But uh, follow me on Twitter uh, at the Louis Dangle, which is T A G L O U I S D N G O O R. Uh, and then we will uh, post anything. I'll post anything I, I share on there. So check that out. And, um, yeah, enjoy WrestleTalk interviews if you want to have a look at some of the archive stuff I've got uh, uploaded on there. Alex, you'll be over on Fightful Select at some point. Going to be talking about uh, SmackDown Raw. Isn't that right? Yeah. 
Yeah, SmackDown. Uh, I would do a show about SmackDown on on Saturday night because uh, I always give myself 24 hours to stew about whatever the hell happens. Um, but yeah, we, we who knows? You know, like they they we will we'll see what goes on on the Smackity Downs with with everybody being. <laughs> Dying from the plague. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what. Look, this is all all happening so very fast. We'll keep. Make sure to to subscribe to Fightful to make sure that you get all your breaking news on that point. But do subscribe to Fightful Select. Follow Alex at uh, on Twitter at Alex Sourgraps as well. FightfulSelect.com still the best way to show your support. Lots of great content there. Go check it out. And hey, hey, if you want to as well, go subscribe to YouTube.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I do my live show recorded 9 p.m. tomorrow. Come check it out. Otherwise, follow me on Twitter at, at Mr. Warren Hayes. Fightful on Twitter. Fightful Wrestle. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this evening. We'll see you soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.